Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. It's so great to have you here with us on today's show. Lockdown Blue Devils is a daily podcast devoted to everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. You can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Make sure to follow our podcast for free on whatever podcast platform you choose. You can watch the show daily on YouTube as well. Be sure to subscribe to the video version of our podcast on YouTube each and every day. Share it with your friends, your support means the absolute world. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the Duke men's basketball team following their 81-72 victory over Ohio State inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. A big shout-out to Dick Vitale, who does our intro here for Lockdown Blue Devils. He was back inside the venue as the an analyst for the ESPN broadcast, his first trip back to Cameron Indoor since prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. And Dickie V had a bout with cancer during that time frame as well. So what a joy it was to be able to hear his voice back inside Cameron. So without further ado, let me bring on my good friend, Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. You got a chance to be in the building last night, Josh. What was it like? Oh, man, it was it was great to see Duke get back on track, um, answer some questions maybe that fans had after that loss in the PK-85 tournament um over the weekend um and the offense seemed to to answer and respond and the defense uh stayed stout and so uh, it was a really fun time and like i said I, I think some people may have had some questions even about coach shire and the way they were going to make some adjustments and i think we saw them uh last night in that game as duke you know came away with a, you know not just a victory but you know Really, they never let Ohio State, you know, within five or six points uh, there down the stretch. And so uh, I'm not going to say it was like a dominating victory, but it was definitely uh, the game was in hand throughout the entirety of the second half. Really cool environment to watch on television. One thing to be there in person, a big focal point of the broadcast was that this Duke men's basketball team and Cameron Indoor Stadium saw their 495th consecutive home sellout, a record in the sport professionally collegiately. We've always known Cameron Indoor to be uh, the greatest environment in all of college basketball, but numbers like that are just absolutely astounding. And I know we went through pandemic years where you can't have everybody in the building, uh, but to still have a streak like this and to see Cameron being back to uh, what it is as the toughest place to play in the sport, that was really fun to watch on television. Yeah, the the environment last night was just it was vintage Cameron. It was loud. Shout out to the students. Uh, they had the wide out last night, and it was just, I mean, they were ready to go. Um, you know, I, I do want to give credit to the students as well. Um, I have been a little bit, I guess the word is critical, over the last, say, five years or so, even pre-pandemic, of just kind of the energy level, the commitment level from the students being a little lower um, and to the point where there were oftentimes, you know, empty, empty spots uh, in the student section and they're selling those tickets then to the Iron Dukes. And so you're seeing like grandpas, you know, in the student section, if you look closely during even during ACC games and whatnot, 
but it seems to be uh, the seems to me that there's a, a re-energizing of the student body, and I don't know if that has anything to do with the coaching change of maybe just that younger, fresher take, and the students maybe responding well to Coach Shire, Jay Lucas, Emil, those kind of guys. I don't know what it is, but credit to whoever it is, the spearheading kind of this resurgence of the Duke student uh, base in Cameron. They're even doing things like this, JJ, during timeouts, the band's playing certain songs. And historically there have been chants and cheers and motions that go along with those songs. And uh, since the pandemic, for sure, it's like the students missed that year and it's like, they didn't know what to do. And like, it was just not the same. So they're even having band members come out and lead the students in those chants and those cheers and those hand motions, showing them what to do. And so like, it's like, there's a legitimate concerted effort in like, we want to get this student uh, support and the student base in Cameron back to what it used to be. And man, last night, I mean, it was, it definitely was there. I mean, they were all over. Uh, you, I forget the guy's name, but number 13 for Ohio state last night. I mean, they got on him when he airballed a shot and it was, they did not let, let up until he eventually, I think he ended up fouling out or whatever happened to him. And I mean, they were all over him. So it was vintage Cameron loud, energetic. As you said, Dickie V was there. It was like it was like twenty it was like twenty fifteen all over again or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It felt like seven years ago in Cameron. And it's uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, of course. Duke lost to Ohio State last year in Columbus. They had a fifteen point lead in the second half. Uh, the game got away from Duke. They did not score in the final four and a half minutes. And Ohio State had a big upset. That was not the case last night. And uh, what an environment it was. So much so after the fact, uh, Ohio State head coach Chris Holtman continues to endorse these true home-and-home games uh, as opposed to some of the neutral site settings that we see from time to time in basketball. Earlier this week, we got big news about an ACC-SEC challenge set to begin. Of course, both conferences have a massive TV deal with Disney and with ESPN, Uh, but I really am a big fan of when you can go to places that you're not accustomed to, and for those Ohio State players, They grew up watching TV. They know that Duke is on television a whole lot. They've seen Cameron Endor on the screen themselves and actually be there in person. I'm sure that was a cool feeling for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, and and the stars uh, from each individual schools came out. I mean, we ran into Joey Galloway, Evan Turner, a couple of guys like that, uh, Ohio State alums that were there in Cameron last night. And then, you know, each game Duke announces, you know, different former players that are back and this this game had I believe there were seven or eight former players back including Robert Bricky, Ricky Price, uh guys like that that aren't necessarily at every game. There are some players that kind of are at every game. Uh but it was it was really neat. It was it was like I said it was kind of had that old school feel to it. Um Cameron was tough, man, it, and it, the the fans I believe made a difference uh last night in the atmosphere. Definitely um definitely was that top-notch Cameron we got to talk about some of the -the on-the-floor products, some impressive performances, and more from last night's win. Duke 81-72 over Ohio State, and we'll do that in just a moment. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. You know that we love our friends over at BetOnline, the number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. He's on Twitter at Joshua Cox. Uh, Duke wins last night 81-72 over Ohio State. Kyle Filipowski leads the Blue Devils in scoring once again, 16 points, 7 rebounds. Jeremy Roach was impressive, 13 points to go along with 5 assists. And then we saw a career high from Derek Lively II, 11 points to go along with 5 boards, including making his first shot that was not a dunk on the season. Took him 10 field goal makes before he makes a shot from the floor that isn't a dunk, uh, which was great to see for Lively. Uh, who stood out to you individually, Josh, of those guys? Well, I mean, as you just ended with, Derek Lively played his best game by far, so far in his Duke career. Um, heading into this game, understanding that that Ohio State strength is Zeb Key uh, down low, I full well expected this to be a Ryan Young game, and it wound up being a lot of Ryan Young. Um, and by the way, he, he played great. Um, but Derek Lively really did make his presence uh, felt in that game. Um, you know, as you mentioned, scored his first point um, without a dunk. But but I love the fact that he's shooting the ball well. I mean, he he was three for three from the foul line. Um, you know, it was just a great game for him. Overall, I mean, here we sit uh, in this game, five players in double figures for Duke, plus Jacob Grandison with nine points. So we were one point away from having six players in double figures. And so that, I, you know, shout out, you know, to the squad and to John Shire and the rotations and the things that he's doing there because it seems uh, to be very balanced. Another player that stood out, I mean, at the end of the day, Filipowski, man, like he didn't hit a three-pointer right. uh, last night, which was, you know, he usually hits one, especially early. Typically he's hit, he's hit an early three. But – he is the best player on the court. <laughs> like when you're at the game and you were watching these teams play, he is the best player on the court. And I, I got to give a shout out to his defense. He's not the quickest guy in the world, but he is seven foot tall and he can move his feet good enough and he has great hands. And so he is not a liability on defense. Like I believe many people may have thought he would be and rightfully so. Uh, so yeah, I mean those two guys, Lively and Filipowski, man, I got to give them, got to give them their due, and uh, and and Duke really rode those guys, Filipowski a lot in the first half, but really rode those guys to a semi-commanding victory. I mean, yeah. that, uh, Duke let Ohio State get maybe to five points a couple of times in that second half, but it never got closer than that, and I felt like the game was kind of always in hand in the second half. Talk to me about three-point shooting, Josh, and what did you see here for Duke? A five of 13 are the numbers there. You mentioned Filipowski, uh, who's been one of the top three-point threats for the Blue Devils this season, doesn't make one. But the last game we saw inside Cameron Indoor was against Bellarmine and a Duke team that took 30-plus attempts from three-point range. So many of those were wide-open looks, and we talked about that after that game, that it's not necessarily a criticism – that they took so many shots, but only three three point or thirteen or three point shot attempts. Thirteen three point shot attempts. That's easy <laughs> for me to say. Uh, last <laughs> night for Duke, did it feel like that was a concerted effort? Are you giving more credit to Ohio State for what they were doing there? Is this a just weird slip up 
compared to what we've seen in the rest of the season? What do you notice from three-point shooting-wise? Well, I think it's a, just a, the level of competition. I mean, between a Bellarmine and Ohio State, Ohio State plays much better defense, um, and they did last night as well. They defended the three-point line very well. Um, I will say even of those 13, uh, I'd say three or four of them were like, Ugh. like they were pull-ups. At like You're like, man, that's a bad shot. And, like, you know, we, we were able to get the ball to the basket, and we were able to get out in transition, and we were able to do all those other things um, that we didn't have to rely on the three-point shot. Now, with that being said, Mark Mitchell made a very big three-point shot in the corner in the second half. But as you mentioned, he caught it in rhythm, catch and shoot. He wasn't trying to create his own shot. It came to him. He hit it. Tyrese Proctor hit a couple threes. Similar fashion. It was on ball reversal, ball movement. He was open. And so to me, if that if those if those shots are available 30 times a game, have at it. But if they're only available 12 to 15 times a game, let's only shoot 12 to 15 of them. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like let's take what the defense gives us because this team can score on the inside and on the outside. And so I felt like last time was fine. I mean, look, we attacked them down low. I mean, they found out how many three, three players, four players fouled out in that game. And so at the end of the day, we got to do what, what we got to do to win the game. And we did it last night. And 16 assists for Duke in the win last night. The ball movement was really impressive for the Blue Devils. Let's talk a little bit more about Mark Mitchell and Tyrese Proctor. And we'll talk about those guys in particular after our last time out here on today's show. Thanks for watching and listening to Locked On Blue Devils today and making Locked On Blue Devils your first listen. For your second listen today, make sure you check out our Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. We've got the college football playoff. We'll see that set on Sunday with conference championship games straight ahead this weekend. The NBA continues to move forward. The NFL, a big matchup tonight between the Bills and Patriots. We're talking about it all on Locked On Sports today. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Moving forward here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section 17 podcast. All right, we talked so much about this freshman class for Duke, and, and so far, last night was the ninth game of the season. There's been so much praise for Kyle Filipowski, and rightfully so. Uh, you've got Jaden Shute and Christian Reeves, who just don't factor in right now at this point in their career and at this point in the season. And then you've got Derek Lively, the second, and Derek Whitehead, who are working back from injury, getting more and more comfortable out there on the floor. And then, like we've discussed here on the program, you got Tyrese Proctor and Mark Mitchell, who've had up-and-down performances throughout the season. Mitchell scores 16 against Xavier. Proctor's not really involved. Mitchell not really involved in the Purdue game, but Proctor goes out and scores 16 points against the Boilermakers and looked like one of Duke's best players on the floor in that one. Uh, their performance last night, Josh, and then all in all, what are you thinking out of those two freshmen this season? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, Tyrese Proctor, uh, again, last night was very important to Duke's win. Um, played a lot of minutes. He played, I believe, 27, 28 minutes, something like that. Um, and he shot the ball well. I think he was perfect from the foul line. He had a couple threes. Um, he makes some 
very, very good passes. I mean, underrated. Well, he's I'm not gonna say underrated passer because he came in with that uh yeah. kind of with that reputation. Uh, but I mean his drop off dump off pass to Ryan Young last night was a thing of beauty when he got doubled. Um and so I can't I mean I, I think I've I've made this known on here. I, I'm a Tyrese Prochner guy. Like <laughs> if you ask me like my favorite player to watch, like when he's on his game, I will say Filipowski's gaining on him. Yeah. But Proctor's still the guy. When Proctor, I mean, he has some step backs and like he has some like NBA level, you know, talent and plays that he makes. And so I believe Tyrese Proctor will just continue to get more consistent. And I think that's, as you mentioned in the, in the question, really, that's what Duke fans are looking for is consistency from Proctor. And instead of, you know, 16, 12 and then two right it's like let's 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 keep that consistent if at all out, possible yeah. and so um you know that's what we're looking for with mark mitchell it's much of the same it's just a little bit more drastic i mean mark can be very engaged in, in the game he can take the ball to the hole draw fouls he's very lanky and long and awkward and athletic all at the same time um but then he can he can get inside of his own head and he can make some mental mistakes. He can fall asleep on defense every now and then, which is actually a strong suit of his, his defense. Um, and I thought, by the way, I felt like uh, that that uh, he handled uh, suing last night better than anyone uh, for stretches. Um, and so, like, I, I praise his defense. But at the end of the day, I, I think part of this is John Shire is choosing to play Mark at kind of a three spot. And if you were to take Mark's game at face value, he's really a college four. And so, you know, and maybe we'll see him more at the four as the season progresses. But I believe if he were able to play that stretch four or play on that, you know, just play with three smaller guys than him, um, I believe we'd see more production from him. So at the end of the day, I'm fine. I think he's good. I, I mentioned he's a junkyard dog. He could lead us in scoring. I don't think that's going to happen anymore with the way Filipowski's playing. Uh, but I do believe that as the season progresses, he's the offensive rebound guy. He's the steal guy. He's the get out and run guy. And uh, and once again, it's just going to be consistency. Man, these are kids. Yeah. This kid's 18, 19 years old. Humble kid. He is just a great kid to be around. And, you know, he'll figure it out. Uh, he'll figure it out for sure. And then right now it's nine players that, that you're trying to factor into yeah. a rotation, sometimes nine, ten players. Insane to, to make that happen. Only the ninth game of the year, so many things are still trying to get uh, played out and that sort of thing. And that was always uh, one of the criticisms of Mike Krzyzewski that I think Duke fans would have is how short the bench could get from time to time. Uh, we're currently seeing that in Chapel Hill with a team who went to the national title game a year ago. They're strictly playing six players, no matter what. Hubert Davis has his six, and nobody else is playing. And uh, the Tar Heels, by the way, have now lost three straight games, a far drop from that number one ranking in the country, which I know Duke fans absolutely love. Uh, but, but with this Duke team in particular, as more games come into play, I think you'll see more guys continue to get more and more comfortable. Some games you got it, some games not, but you've still got to overall in the flow of the team be as consistent as can be. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at what we said earlier here, we sit with five guys in double figures with a six-player with nine points. And so this team is built to absorb the inconsistencies uh, because we are not star-dominant 
you know, there's not a hero. There's not a hero player on this team, right? There's not like one guy who has to be the alpha on, you know, at every game. And so at the end of the day, we are built for it to be okay for Mark Mitchell to have 16 points one game and three points the next game. Because, you know, Jacob Grandison could be the exact opposite and he could have three the previous game and drop 16. And so, you know, I'm not complaining. Let's put it that way. I'm definitely not complaining. I did want to mention highlighting this game. He, he looked like maybe he was still nursing that toe a little bit, but Jeremy Roach uh, struggled a bit throughout the game and he was a little off. But man, when it mattered the most in that second half run, when we ma- needed to make sure that we kept that uh, five to seven point cushion, Jeremy hit some really incredible shots. He's got that Chris Paul. I hate to, I hate yeah. to put him in that same category, but he's got that Chris Paul mid mid range, and man, he's got it down pat. And so, like, kudos to him as our as our leader and team captain. When we needed him the most, he would get for once. A Duke player was seeking out the mismatch, and he was getting the switch with Zeb Key, and he was taking it to Zeb Key. And so, like, man, that happens to Duke all the time, or has in the past. It's nice, nice to see us hunting the mismatch and seeing Jeremy score like that. And yeah, Roach in particular at the end of the first half, as Duke again had a ten-point lead at halftime, won this game by nine. Uh, had that play right towards the end, driving to the rim. Uh, went up with the right, switched hands midair, and, I mean, unbelievable play to make the bucket, get fouled, go to the free throw line, and make it as well. The show's almost over today, and we've yet to mention Jalen Blakes, uh, but Mm. I saw Blakes last – we talked about passing. There was one point, top of the key, rifled a pass in to Ryan Young, uh, who was able to lay it in right away. So uh, sharing the basketball is contagious. Uh, folks that maybe you're not necessarily expecting to make the greatest passes in the world end up doing that. But I wanted to give Jalen Blake some love right there as well. Yeah, and I don't know if it translated um, on TV as it did in person, but you mentioned Blake's pass to Ryan Young. In the second half with like three and a half minutes to go, Ryan Young pulled down the greatest offensive rebound I have ever seen in person. Like – I'm not a big cheering guy at the game. I sit there. I mean, I'll clap. And, like, every now and then, you know, we get one of those runs where, like, you know, we get a couple of defensive stops and we hit a couple of threes. I'll get up and cheer, you know, shots, shots right. going off, you know, during, during the timeout. I'll get up and cheer for that. But that's that's typically it. That offensive rebound got me out of my seat <laughs> and cheering last night. So, like, he he had great position. And he was just not going to let anybody else get that ball. And uh, so shout out to him. And he has he not been a breath of fresh air for Duke? Awesome. I know we can laugh at his game. He's It's got 40-year-old YMCA player written all over it, and that's fine because my man gave us 10 points, five rebounds, two assists last night. I'll take well, it all day. Look, he is the perfect balance to a Derek Lively. He yeah. really is. You have Derek Lively with all the potential and the athleticism, and we need that. But then you've got that grinded out old school, like below the rim, below yeah. the rim post player. And so like he's a perfect complement to this team. And he's he's been he's been an incredible addition. Ryan Young can absolutely play, that's for sure. All right, Duke basketball Saturday. We're gonna see the ACC opener, a home game against Boston College, an afternoon game. Uh, a lot of people will be consuming conference championship weekend in football. Uh, but we're seeing conference play open up in the ACC 
this weekend as well. Duke in Boston College, a team that uh, Duke's going to be favored against, a, a Boston College team uh, that uh, is, is struggling a bit out of the gates. But nonetheless, you got to take care of business, got to make sure the focus is there and that sort of thing. And uh, we're still trying to get used to it's December 3rd or will be December 3rd on the calendar on Saturday. And we're going to be watching an ACC basketball game. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this is where it matters, right? I mean, at the end of the day, we play for championships at Duke. And so that regular season ACC championship is one of them. And so I would look to see a, even a renewed focus on that. The ACC is a little bit odd this year. I mean, you've got Virginia right now that seems to have separated itself a tad bit from Duke and UNC. As you mentioned, UNC's on a three-game losing streak. Let me repeat that. <clears throat> UNC's on a three-game losing streak. It's interesting uh, when the target is on your back, preseason number one, as it is, uh, as it is for Duke, um, typically, um, yeah, it's very interesting when that That's target gets really, to, really yeah. big. Yeah, <laughs> but but anyway, I expect Duke to come out and play really well um, against against BC, and I believe we'll get off to a great start. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't. And then next Tuesday, a game against Iowa in Madison Square Garden, a game next Saturday at home against Maryland Eastern Shore, and then we are into ACC play. For good. That's a look at the schedule ahead for Duke men's basketball. Josh, as always, it's fun to chat with you, fun to talk about uh, basketball with you. And uh, hey, we'll be back at it tomorrow. You and I are going to talk a little Duke football. So thanks for the time again today on the podcast. Thanks, JJ. Have a great day, man. That's my buddy Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Be sure to follow their work at Duke FB Talk on Twitter. Follow the Section 17 podcast as well. Wherever you get your podcast, leave a five-star rating and review. And uh, also give us a follow on podcasting to give us a five-star rating. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. And I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go do a talk tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.